Welcome to our third podcast in this series, Cultivating Women Leaders by the Women in Concrete Alliance. During this podcast, our speakers are the same experts from the first two podcasts. Again, we have Kathy Morgan, the president of ASTM, Amy Brooks, who's the chief operating officer of Castle Rock Construction Company, and Jamie Gentoso, CEO for the U.S. Cement Organization of Lafarge Wholesome. And again, I'm Kim Spahn with the American Concrete Pipe Association. During this session, we'll be discussing the pandemic, career growth through challenges, and takeaways from all of these sessions. So let's get started and see what we can learn from our experts. So we're all part of this pandemic, and I think 95% of the news media talks about it most of the time. Um, so I didn't feel like we could ignore it today. And I thought maybe you guys would have some good perspective on things that you've learned over the past six months that has helped you um, maintain your professionalism at work as well as your patience at home. Um, Jamie, how have you dealt with the pandemic? Yeah, so it's been a crazy time, as you mentioned. Um, so back in late February, so we're a European-based company and it started to hit Europe before it hit the US. So, um, you know, they were we were actually probably more prepared uh, because we saw what was happening over there. So we started to prepare for work from home in February. So getting every, making sure everybody had what they needed and all of that kind of thing. But, you know, interesting because I think we thought in the beginning, or at least in my mind, it's not going to hit here like it hit there. There's no way it'll, it'll, it's going to affect us the way that it did. Um, and I actually, I office out of Chicago, but I live in New Jersey. Um, so I saw I mean, the pandemic hit New York, New Jersey, the tri-state area, Connecticut, in a terrible way. Um, it was really insane. Um, but in the beginning, you know, we, we set up everything that we needed to set up. We started having daily meetings uh, every day at 7.30 a.m. My full exco came together and we talked about people, what's happening from people perspective, um, what's happening in the operations, how are we, because we are a, an essential business, so we continue to operate. Um, and um, what's happening, what do we need to do from the government side, what new policies are being put in place, what do we need to do, and then um, finally, how are we going to communicate, right, so things were changing daily, and so communication was extremely important to us, and um, so, and then, you know, all this, we're all working at home, and the, the big question is, you know, we, everybody worked from working at office, how are we now going to work at home, how, you know, everybody's now, you know, broadband issues, their kids are at school, and so for me in all of this, like the, the biggest thing I learned is um, this was probably one of the biggest challenges I've had in my professional career getting through this, uh, you know, making sure the company continues to run, making sure we keep all of our people um, healthy, right? So we had no spread at any of our operations. I'm extremely proud to say that we put a lot of, you know, great policies and procedures in place. Um, but, you know, we actually did it. We made it through as as many sleepless nights I had in the beginning, and, and I should say we're not through it yet, right? There's we're still um, the country is still in the middle of this pandemic in, in some respects, but not as as bad as it was during that time. But um, you know, I it, it seemed unsurmountable at, at some point, and that we would you know our sales were going to fall. Uh, we weren't going to be able to. We weren't going to you know our targets this year had fallen on the wayside. Exactly the opposite. We hunkered down. We put plans in place. Everybody rose to the occasion. You know our plants kept producing and all of that. So um, it was a big lesson to me that if we if we just focus and we put our heads down that that we can do this kind of thing. And it was really quite amazing. 
But the other big piece is that um, is really recognizing as a that you know, and, and it goes along with what Kathy was saying earlier, like empathy. Everybody deals with things differently, right? Everybody, you know, it, it, and all the, you know, the pandemic was very personal for some people. For some people, it was way on the outside. You know, some people it was in their homes. So, it's um, it's recognizing that, and and you know, we all try to deal with people, you know, as a company, and especially as a big international company. There's a the whole thing. Everyone's got to be the same rules apply to everybody. And during this pandemic, we we had to relax that, right? We can't, people were all in different situations. And if we wanted people to continue to working and keep producing for us, we had to, we had to come back on that. So, um, you know, really it was, it was, it's really about, you know, recognizing the differences in people and, and how they deal with things, um, giving them the space, but still holding them accountable for the work that they do, right? We've still been able to achieve with it. So it's been a, you know, from a professional perspective, a great time for me. And I think that's the other thing is um, every huge challenge that you go through in your career teaches you something and you're better on the outside of it, right? So um, it may seem tough and it may seem hard while you're in it, but you'll be able to look back and say, I learned something from it. Yeah, great personal problem. So we'll go back to you and let you um, answer your the question you I had posed earlier, and that was during the pandemic. Um, what have you learned oh. to keep your professionalism at work and patients at home? Yeah, I, I think Jamie did such a great job with um, some of the lessons that she learned uh, professionally. I think I went, uh, many of us probably went through the, the same sort of journey. Um, so that, that all resonated with me. Um, at home, it, it was kind of interesting for me because I never really worked at home before. Um, 36 years and uh, always was in the office. So um, even though our organization was uh, well positioned to have everyone work remotely, um, of course, no one anticipated it changing on a dime like that in mid-March, but um, you know, the organization fared well. I had more of a bumpy transition um, moving uh, to working at home because uh, I spent the first month or so trying to figure out how to do that. Um, I didn't really have an office at home, so I moved myself you know, from the dining room to the living room, to the bedroom, to the front porch, if the weather was nice, to the, you know, I was like a nomad walking around, um, changing my spot sometimes multiple times a day. Um, and, you know, it wasn't until, um, and I had, of course, you know, kids, dogs. Uh, my father lives with us. So at one point I was doing a town hall with our whole company. And my father walked over and said, what are all these photo boxes on the screen? And, you know, so he was smack in the middle saying hello to about 200 people, you know, that I work with. Um, so it, it was, you know, a little bumpy. And um, my dad said to me one night at dinner, you know, this house has become your office. And when he said that to me, like, it just really resonated that I had all of a sudden, instead of working at home, I was kind of living at work. Um, and that just really was my epiphany moment for um, organizing myself better at home and, and getting my own dedicated space and being able to, to close the door and have what I need, um, you know, to to do what I want to do. And it sounds like really, really simple, but I think, um, you know, from a personal standpoint, that's kind of what I've 
I've learned that uh, just because I'm, I, I, I still need to think of, of the house as home. Um, and yeah, I work in it, but I don't want to get to the point where I take over the entire house from early morning to late at night, and all of a sudden everybody is living in my place of employment. So um, yeah, that that was kind of my epiphany moment uh, during the past uh, six months. I yeah, I do think, think that's refreshing that you share I, that. I was just gonna say I, I think that like the pandemic made us all humans, right? Because yeah. it was suddenly you know your dog comes in or your kid comes in or your internet doesn't work and <laughs> everybody has issues like that. So exactly, know. exactly stuff while she's um working on that um we'll get back to jamie because you said something jamie that um actually i think ties into our next question while kathy's working on her her technical difficulties um and that's the growth comes out of discomfort and challenges and um just hoping you could explain a challenge in your career maybe beyond the pandemic maybe something different that yeah. you've learned and been able to grow um, in your leadership through that experience? So probably one of the, the most uncomfortable places I've ever been. Um, I, back in 2017, um, I had a headhunter call me. I was with Sika at the time. Um, I was the head of the concrete admixtures division there. Headhunter called me with a great opportunity. Um, I was having difficulty at that time seeing my career path at Sika and under, you know, where I would go next and that kind of thing. So, um, and, and a headhunter reached out to me with a great opportunity um, to go work for a company and eventually become their CEO at some point. And, um, and so it was a really good opportunity, but here I was looking at, you know, leaving the industry I've worked my entire career in. So, you know, I, I built a career in the concrete industry worked here at, at the time, 18 years in the industry. And, you know, everybody knew me, I built a great career and I was like headed, you know, where I thought great places, right? And I, I think I've gone great places, but um, but I was confronted with this this chance to leave and, and go outside and a chance to take a new leadership type position and such. And um, I, I, I finally made the decision to do it, but it was it was such a hard, hard decision that I that I had to make because it was like how I'm going to get outside my comfort zone. Nobody knows me. Nobody. And um, I did it. And I will I would say I was I went to a company called Construction Specialties. Um, they they do um, architectural products. So very it's still in construction, but outside of what I've always done. But um, when I went there, I, I realized that, you know, business is business. Right. It's, you know, in the end, it's it's all people buy things, they sell things, you manufacture things, and it's all about understanding business and how business work and how people buy. And, you know, so understanding those aspects of just how business works. And it was great because I was able to I found that I was able to contribute to a, a company that was outside of what I thought I knew. But it was for me, it was a great growth part in my career, but probably one of the most uncomfortable places I put myself in ever. And, um, and and in the end, I was only there eight or nine months, and I found myself way I found my way back to this industry, and am happy happy to be back. But um, it was to step outside my comfort zone of where I've always worked and always been was probably the best thing I ever did for myself, and also in terms of building confidence in in what I can do and what I can achieve. Yeah, that goes back to your original point of 
you know, that one thing that we want to invoke in others, confidence, right? Yeah, yeah. Step outside your comfort zone. Well, I think we have um, one last poll and then one last question, and we'll take a couple of questions before we end our session. So I'm going to launch that last poll. And the question we wanted to know is, what is the top reason that you love our industry? Is it the people that you work with? Is it getting to see um, your work come to life and projects? The opportunity to work outside, um, the financial stability and opportunity, or maybe you're not even in our industry yet and you joined us um, from outside the industry. All right, we got almost everybody is voted. I'll close and share that. So it looks like our top two answers were the people that you work with or getting to see um, the projects that you work on come to life. And then the next highest vote was for financial stability. And then the lowest two were working outside and not in the industry. So I think most of the folks on the call are um, here in our industry. So that's great insight. And Amy, I know that was your question you were curious about. So um, if you have anything to mention on the results there. No, I think it's interesting because I, when I put those answers together, those are actually all the reasons I love my job, you know? And so I would have had a hard time answering that because I love um, working outside and I love, you know, the people I work with. I think the people I work with probably is the number one reason I love my job. But um, if I didn't get to see my work come to life, I probably wouldn't love my job as much as I do either. So yeah. I think they're all good reasons. <laughs> yeah, we do have a, a tight knit community within our um, our industry, I feel like. And so it is fun to get to work with the people we work with. The last question I had is for you, Amy, and that is um, what tips can we take away from this discussion that can be, that we can view, um, be viewed, I'm sorry, that we can be viewed as leaders who inspire others. Yeah, I think I tried to write down the things that really stood out to me because um, you both had a lot of really good answers and good insight that, um, that I'm gonna put to use also. So thank you for sharing all that. I think one of the main themes um, has been that when we're leaders, you know, people view leaders as different you know different things but really we're we need to um how did she put it leadership is more about other people than about ourselves you know and as bosses um and as leaders i don't you know it's not really that much fun sometimes to be the boss and it's really challenging we talked about some of that to deal with the people issues and to deal with the really tough decisions and the fact that people have different thoughts on what you should do. And really at the end of the day, you have to make a decision and some people aren't gonna agree with you, you know, and um, that is hard. And it's um, really, we wouldn't do what we do if it wasn't for the people that we work with and for, um, and if we didn't have our teams, um, you know, we wouldn't be leading anybody. And so I think the ability to um, put other people above ourselves and to listen and to, um, be learn to be better communicators to learn to be servant leaders and look around and see what people need from us and 
um, which ties in with empathy, you know, that we talked a lot about. And um, I really liked some of the ideas of how you can build relationships, you know, the coffee hour idea and um, birthday cards, just the idea of, which are things that um, honestly, I've never had a male boss that's written me a birthday card. Um, but I think as women, you know, that's something that we, uh, there's a lot of things that as women that we can do, and I don't want to say get away with, but that I can do that if a, if a guy in my position did it, everyone would be like, what is he doing, you know, but coming from me, they're like, yeah, it's Amy, she bought us French pastries, you know, so I think just um, building relationships with our people and utilizing, um, utilizing our strengths in that way. I loved the talk about priorities and um, how Jamie put it about being bullish about the things that you're um, that you're not going to miss. And I think both uh, that's a good advice for work-life balance, but I think it's also kind of good advice for finding your values and what are the things that you're not going to, what are you not going to compromise, you know, and knowing that about yourself and just being true to what you choose to have as your values. Um, taking issues head on, I think that is definitely something that's I can't function if I don't take issues head on. It just it gets too overwhelming. And um, I think it's always the best way to just um, address things as quickly as you can and with as much respect and empathy and grace as possible, but address them, you know, don't ignore them, don't ignore problems. Um, and then I think that it was mentioned briefly, but this is something that I definitely struggle with sometimes, but when I'm in my healthiest points, I'm able to give myself grace. And I think Kathy was the one that said that, that we're really hard on ourselves um, and you struggle to give yourself patience and the kindness that you probably give to other people. But um, if I'm gonna be a healthy and strong leader, I need to recognize that, you know, I'm gonna grow from the things that I didn't like, how I handled them, but I'm not gonna dwell on it and I'm not gonna, um, I'm gonna give myself grace you know, because I'm not perfect, but I'm doing the best I can. And um, and I think the people around you um, probably give you more grace than you give yourself <laughs> most of the time. So um, I think that was kind of the, some of the main points that stood out to me. Obviously there were a lot of others, but um, I hope everyone enjoyed the conversation. I think I learned a lot from both of you ladies. So thanks for sharing. <laughs> yeah, that was a great wrap up, Amy. Um, and I thank each of you guys for being a part of this panel. I hope it was as useful to everyone on the call as it was to me. I do want to end, um, we just have a quick brief minute before our time is up, but I do want to take one question, which I thought was um, pretty interesting. And then if you had other questions, feel free to chat those in and we'll try and get those answered for you um, from this panel or from the Women in Concrete Alliance group. We can hopefully answer those. And this actually came um, from a male who's on the call with us. And he said, how can we, male humans, provide better opportunities and conditions for women in the industry? What factors should we consider or address? Which might've been kind of to Jamie's question earlier that you were looking for, but does anybody on the panel have any ideas? I think um, something that I've found and well, I'm a woman, so I, I guess it's maybe not fully answering your question, but um, I think just mentoring in general, and that's not just women, you know, but learning to um, come alongside people when they're interested in our industry and promoting um, 
promoting is the wrong word, to help develop them, you know, and not overlook anyone, but to try and find people's strengths. I think um, a lot of it, I've always thought that our industry um, attracts a certain type of woman, and there's some women that aren't going to work in our industry and probably shouldn't work in our industry because they wouldn't like it. Um, but that's true of men too, you know, and so I've always thought that our industry attracts women that um, are kind of no bullshit, you know, I just, I don't want to deal with the drama. I want to hear it how it is and I want to deal with the issues head on and just some of the stuff we've talked about today, you know, you don't want people talking, you know, all the, I guess the just stereotypes of women um, are not as present in our industry. So I think it attracts people that are interested in avoiding those. Um, and I think just being open, um, going to universities and getting the word out. You know, we've done some re outreach with universities and just going to, I think, having women like us and younger men and women in our industry in general going and talking to students about the opportunities that we have. Um, I think a lot of times the construction industry gets overlooked as something where it's dirty and you don't get paid very much or, you know, it's hard work and it's not worth it. And I think when people like us show up and tell them about our experiences and that it's not at all what some of the stereotypes are, I think we can break through um, and show that there is a lot of opportunity and not even in just universities, but in high schools. I think we've been really successful talking to high school students that maybe aren't going to have the opportunity to go to college and tell them about the opportunity in our industry, even if you're not going to go through college. Because um, I think that's something that we offer that other industries maybe don't as much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would say I, I don't want to give up our secrets, but one of the things I've thought about a lot lately is as we look to recruit and we go to recruit like at colleges and such, we're, you know, we're all recruiting from the same small amount of females, right? So you, you go to engineering colleges like Colorado School of Mines, it's probably 90% men, 10% women. So you're just, you know, proliferating what's happening already in the industry. So I really think, like as Amy mentioned, it kind of starts in high school. Right, like we need to be going to high schools and and trying to get out. Like the construction industry is a great career for for anybody, right? Not just males or females, for anybody. There's lots of great opportunities. So you really got to get in front of people as they're thinking about their career to get them thinking that this is the right way. And it's going to take a long time to cultivate that, but I, I don't think it's insurmountable, right? We can, as an industry, just need to start start in the right place. It's not at the engineering schools, it's not at the trucking schools, it's not at you know the trade schools because those already have a small amount of women as it is. We're already fighting over the same small group of women. Yeah, great thoughts. Well, thank you so much, Amy and Jamie and Kathy. Um, I think your perspectives were amazing and I learned a lot today and I um, hope that we, added some perspective and some encouragement to other ladies out there that are in our industry. So I, I do value you guys' time and appreciate you guys giving us an hour of it. And um, we look forward to the next time and can't wait to do it again. Thanks so much, everybody. Thank you. Thanks have for a having great us. week. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.